0: are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hey, everybody, it is the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my friend and co-host, Ryan Tracy. Ryan, it's Thursday. That means it's our turn, but also we got to get ready for these big playoff games man but before we do that we got to talk a lot about some of the stuff that happened during the week one big announcement kind of big announcement was kind of seen was philip rivers announcing his retirement a huge announcement for him some people were, were saying maybe you know terry bradshaw was saying he might do another year with another team this that and the third but ryan you covered locked on chiefs you got to see philip rivers all his career when you saw this announcement you 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 heard you saw this and you thought what
0: old bolo tie ran out of time
1: um (laughs)
0: you just gotta you gotta give him credit for being who he is right he had some personality he had an edge to him uh the bolo tie at the pressers is always one that stands out to me the uh incredulous winding on the field is another i mean (laughs) there's an art to making your point in the way that he did and trying to get calls and whatnot. Um, I can't say it's the way that I'd go about it, but he is definitely unique. Uh, and, and honestly, I think it's time. This was a smart decision on his part before he gets hurt or embarrassed any farther than he has. No one's going to forget, unfortunately, that uh, that attempted tackle I think he made uh, sitting on, his, on the field there. It's etched. So good for him for trying to put it out one more time. Going to a new team, a, a different comfort level. Good for him for trying that. And recognizing that hey, this is the end of the line. It's it's gonna be alright. Interesting position for the Colts to be in as well. Um, but I think he's he's an interesting guy. What was your take as not having to play him twice a, a year?
1: I mean, I gotta say, I thought he did better this year than he would than than I expected. Uh, you know, he finished with 4,100 passing or well, 4,169 passing yards, 24 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I, I thought he was going to be a, a disaster for for Indianapolis and he got him to the playoffs. Uh, and and that's, you know, that, that, I guess that's commendable for doing enough of what he did. um, And he is a guy who's a franchise quarterback. There's no denying that. But saying all of that. I've never been a huge Philip Rivers person. I, I thought he had a lot of potential. I mean, he came in and, you know, the offense was lighting it up early with, with, with San Diego. And it was, it was great, you know, for a bit, he had Ladinian Tomlinson, but he, I felt like he never took the second step in his career. He was always just kind of a guy that could put up numbers. And, you know, I think, so, I forget, someone tweeted this. They were like, you know, Phillip Rivers is the best quarterback ever when he's down two touchdowns. Um and that's when he would be the most elite, and that's where I think he's at. And also, just I like you, I, I note his you know his his entire career. He makes some great throws, but he whines a lot. Um, I remember last year when the Steelers were beating the Chargers in Los Angeles. They had Devlin Hodges at quarterback. At the end of the game, Philip Rivers throws an interception to Cameron Sutton for the, of the Steelers. And during like the during like like the end of the the play and everything's going on. Philip Rivers looks around and you can see like in his eyes, he's looking for somebody and he finds Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton, by the way, is the smallest stealer on the roster. He's like five foot eight, five foot seven. He's scrappy in a small slot cornerback. Rivers goes up to him and just grips him up and gets in his face. And he's just ta- yelling at him. Mike Hilton was never even near Philip Rivers. Like Philip Rivers had to go find him. And it's like, he didn't hit you. He didn't say anything to you. He wasn't even looking at you. And you went and gripped him up for what? And I've talked to ex-NFL players that I'd say I've I've, I've uh, become acquainted with in 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 my line of work who are just like, that's who we know him to be, a punk. Because he didn't go and get Cameron Sutton, who, you know, he's like, Cameron Sutton's like 5'11", and he might smack you for that. Um, you know, and, you know, he didn't go and get T.J. Watt. He ain't go and get Cam Hayward. He ain't go get anybody big. He went and got the smallest guy in the field. And that, to me, was the epitome of what I've understood um, Phillip Rivers to be in his career is that he's a heck of a competitor. He comes out fiery. He does make good throws, but when pushes come to shove, he often messes up in the big moment. And then he looks for some cheap way to get out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a history of like, just kind of incredulous plays, you know, fumbling a snap versus the chiefs of uh, a few years ago in the rain, that cost him a ball game, like all kinds of little things. Right. And he's, It's always felt like that chip on his shoulder has been a little bit earned from the way his career started, from being in San Diego. And and we all know that the, the fans in San Diego are dedicated. But There's also a lot of things to do out there in the land of the sunshine and going through, you know, the possibility of moving to another city and the whole nine yards. It's been uh, it's been a career for him, and I think he's persevered. Especially, like you said, that the comeback ability when when they're down, you always knew that they had the ability to come back. You had to stay vigilant, right?
1: No, I agree. Now, here is another yeah. aspect. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say at yeah, the yeah, yeah, other right. day, but yeah, it the day it didn't. It, it was never enough. We're, but before we roll into some Hall of Fame talk with this, I wanted to address something here. Philip Rivers retiring means that there are now only three players on active rosters or active players in the NFL from the 2004 NFL draft. Those three players left are Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers, Andy Lee, the punter, and Larry Fitzgerald. Um, All three of those guys, pro bowlers, you know, all pro guys throughout their careers. But I mean, when you look back at this 2004 draft, there were some very impressive names that came out of this year, Ryan.
0: Yeah, I mean, no one will forget Sean Taylor. He's going to go oh, down in history heaven, as the the man that didn't get to finish what he started and it's a shame. Uh, and it it's funny because you don't in my mind, I don't think back to oh man, that was 2004. Mm-hmm. That it, it doesn't register to me that it was that far back, you know, 16 seasons removed now. That's a little bit surprising just when we we pulled that up to start talking about it. Yep. But there's plenty of other talent that names that you wouldn't have thought like, like Vince Wilfork. Yeah. I mean, nothing against the commercials he's doing now, but I would not have guessed it was 2004 when they first got him on there. And I mean, who stands out to you from that class?
1: I mean, you said it right there, Vince Wilfork, Sean Taylor, Eli Manning being the first overall pick of that draft is one of the funniest conversations that you, you kind of like, okay, yeah, Eli Manning, but without Eli Manning, Tom Brady might have eight Super Bowls right now. And, that you know he may not be the greatest quarterback of all time or of his generation or even in the conversation of being the greatest quarterback of his generation but he rose up in two super bowls for some incredible passes that saved his team in the in the biggest of moments to get two super bowl wins that you know mostly everyone out of New England appreciates but other guys bob sanders the hard hitting safety of the colts he 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 got his name there, Donald Dockett, a guy that I think that never got the the credit that he deserved for how good he was. Excuse me in the in, in um in his in his time with the Cardinals. Um, there. I mean, that's the thing when you look throughout this class. I mean, Matt Schaub, who's actually still technically un, not retired, or Ben Watson. Um, you know, there's uh there's there's uh there's guys in this list that you're like, wow, like that was part of this class. Jericho Cotri in the fourth round. Um, right. You know, just a very interesting long list of of uh, of, of players that you're kind of like wow like that josh scoby the kicker geez the fifth round um but you know what, I, I, the 2004 nfl what were you saying i was gonna say
0: the, the other mccown brother like there's there's a number of luke of, mccown of, yes right yes. <laughs> When you look back at that class, just, just, it, it's really interesting to see how many made it through that weren't at the top. And obviously, you know, with, with Larry and, and Eli and and that top 15 uh, was something that had an impact Jonathan on the Doma. whole
1: week, right? Yeah, I mean Jonathan Vilma, another one. Uh, you know, there's 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 several guys. You know, uh, you know Sean Andrews who was, was 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 in this class. Uh, Reggie Williams who didn't really pan out too well for the, for, the, for them, but I mean, he was a big name. Kellen Winslow for all the craziness that his career was. You don't even talk about his talent. Just you just say Kellen Winslow and you just think about all the crazy things that you heard about that man. Um, you know Steven mm-hmm. Jackson, <laughs> the running back for the Rams. Yeah, like there's there was a lot of talent in in, in this in this draft class, um, and it's crazy to think you know we're old because these guys are all retired because <laughs> um, these are the guys that I grew up watching, you know, and, and watching them develop, but you know, Hey, a heck of a draft class. You get three quarterbacks that, you know, that, that are in the hall of fame discussion, maybe already in the hall of fame, you get a, a wide receiver who, for my money is the best wide receiver that I've seen in the history of my watching, you know, in their uh, wide receivers and their primes. And i yes, I'm saying Larry Fitzgerald, I would take him over Randy Moss or Terrell Owens, um, wow. Um. But yeah, that, that's just me. That's just me. I, and I am. I admit, I am entirely biased because he went to the University of Pittsburgh, and I am a Pitt Panther. H two P. Also, by the way, of those of those three people that are still of this of this class and active players, and Ben Roethlisberger, Andy Lee, and Larry Fitzgerald, Andy Lee and Larry Fitz both went to Pitt, and Ben Roethlisberger plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, check that out. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh we gotta take a break. When we come back, this Philip Rivers conversation. We were talking about what we were going to talk on the show, and I asked Ryan about you know Hall of Fame considerations, and we started diving into this conversation. We we're like, you know what? Pause that. We're going to have this conversation on air because this is going to be fun. So we're going to do that after this. But before that, we got to talk to you about our friends at RockAuto.com chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login best of all Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do it yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, that's L O C K E D, locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they can know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Locked On listeners, don't forget, the one place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network to place our bets is betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the one place that you can go to bet. And if you go there now and sign up today for a free account, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. You can bet on things like the conference championship games, Packers taking on the Buccaneers, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs taking on Josh Allen and the Bills. You can also bet on... What head coaches will land in certain teams that need head coaches during this offseason? All those type of bets right there on betonline.ag for you to get in on the action. Again, don't forget to use their promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one word, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On NFL Podcast for the Thursday edition. It's Chris Carter, Ryan Tracy of Locked On Steelers and Locked On Chiefs. We're breaking things down. Of course, with Philip Rivers' retirement, everyone's going to jump to the Hall of Fame discussion. And a lot of people are going to say put Phillip Rivers in the Hall of Fame right now. But there's a few things here to consider, Ryan. One, Drew Brees, who is retiring this year as well, he's got to go into retirement. And if they're coming out if they're if they're retiring at the same time it means both of them are going to be coming up at the same time and can you have two first ballot hall of famers going you know in at the same time when well, that means you're gonna have to push out guys who are probably waiting who are more who are deserving and you know supposed to be there and then and that's also if larry fitzgerald you know if he so, as, as announces retirement at any point before this next season he would be on the list and he's a first ballot hall of famer mm-hmm. my position here. Ryan, and I, I want to see if you agree with me, is I don't feel Phillip Rivers is a first battle hall of famer. I'm not sure if he's a second or third. I, I just to me he put up he put up all these huge stats, but there was never a point in my time where I said he's a top five quarterback.
0: It's interesting. And don't worry, folks, we're gonna get to these championship games coming up here in a little bit. Don't forget those. Mm-hmm. But we just couldn't get past this conversation because especially when you think back of the history of Drew B's being in San Diego when Rivers comes in the whole rigmarole about that shoulder and about pushing out to New Orleans and now Breeze doing what he does has done uh it comes down to me what you do in the postseason is the determining factor and obviously a championship for Breeze a five and seven record in the playoffs for Phillip Rivers yep. and that's not to say that there isn't somebody that should be a Hall of Famer that is a Adam Marino There'll be someone again, I, but I I tend to lean with you that combined with the fact that you couldn't get over the hump, uh, even by, by self-driving yourself, your your offense up to the point where maybe you could get a couple more of That being under 500, I think, is, is a limitation. Uh, certainly being a first ballot, I think you would have to look at, at having a championship under your belt.
1: And that's the thing. It would be different if he won a title and had a losing record in the playoffs. It's like, okay, well, but he had this one moment where it was like, man, you add that moment to to the resume that he has stat wise and you think I can forgive that. But he never even got to the Super Bowl. That's the that's the issue. At least Dan Marino got to the Super Bowl once. And granted, it was his rookie year, but he he did a whole lot of other things. But and again, Dan Marino. You know, people still say he may be the best pure thrower of all time, or you know, people put him in in those discussions. Nobody puts Philip Rivers in in those discussions. Now, granted, Philip Rivers is is ranked currently at both fifth at fifth at both passing yardage all time and passing touchdowns all time. He has 63,440 yards um, just ahead of Dan Marino there. Um, he's right behind Brett Favre at 70. Well, not right behind. He's about 8,000 yards behind Brett Favre, but he but he's positioned at fifth there, and he has the fifth most touchdowns with 421. Now, granted, the touchdowns are probably going to get passed by Aaron Rodgers next year because Aaron Rodgers is just nine behind him. Um, ben Roethlisberger is, I think, 24 five behind him so if he wanted to play a full year maybe he gets that maybe he doesn't who knows um and Ben Rothberg also like a little like 3,100 yards behind him as well uh Matt Ryan uh I'd say that Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers still got ways to go up in yards but point being he's absolutely up there in all-time yardage but like you said his his playoff performance or lack thereof is 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 really is really the, the problem that sticks out to me and again at any point in time that he was in the league. Um, you know, I hear all the time when I hear about why certain running backs or wide receivers have to wait their turn to get into the Hall of Fame. They say, "Well, th- he was never the best at his position whenever he was in the league." When was Philip Rivers ever the best at his position? There was never a point in time he played in, in the same era as Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, you know, Brett Favre for, for a good part of it, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Um, You know, y- you start looking at those at those kind of names where does he even fit there? And then when you even look at some of the younger guys that have come up since then, you know, Russell Wilson, now you got Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, and you're seeing, you know, you're seeing these kind of guys pop up. Um, does Phillip Rivers really get in over, you know, you know, did to get into this conversation of he was the best in his area? Again, granted, again, he put up the yards, he put up touchdowns, but like we said in the last segment, it was oftentimes, it was when the game was out of reach. And to me, that's what defines a great quarterback is, stepping up at the right moment to get the win
0: well and there's a lot of people that and let's keep it in this class there's a lot of people that will argue with you about Eli Manning and his viability in the hall et cetera. let's look at the, the two of them from the same class the same career path the same era Eli eight and four in the playoffs a two to one touchdown interception ratio it's, that can't be the same thing said for Philip, and I think that's really what it comes down to. If you're already talking about a guy that maybe is is controversial in some circles about should he be in the hall, and, and Philip being the third quarterback in that class, not having that kind of championship mentality. In fact, Ben has a championship. Eli has championships. I think, again, it goes ben, back ben to that. Ben and Eli argument. both have two. I mean, yeah. that's the big thing, it, it, especially when you're comparing apples to apples in the same class and the same career duration that's really what it's got to come down to.
1: And how about this too, when you look at Eli's playoff career, it was either one and done or he won the Super Bowl. He had he has 4 playoff appearances where they lost the first game and they were out and then two playoff appearances where they won all four games and then won the Super Bowl. And in those years where they won the Super Bowl, he has 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. Um and again some of the more memorable passes in Super Bowl history, uh, w- where he beats Tom Brady in 2011 with you know the pass down the sideline to Mario Manningham that extends the game and everyone's like how did he fit that there and who's Mario Manningham to begin with, um and then of course the helmet catch, uh you know where he throws down the field on third down where Rodney Harrison is still like how did I not stop that pass you know though that's the thing, Eli Manning may not have never been. A top five quarterback in the NFL or like, you know, the, the best guy or, or that but he has legendary moments in NFL history. And he has the all time stats to go with it because he's up there as well in passing yardage. He has the eighth most passing yards right now with 57,000. Um, that, that gets that, that to me, that gets my respect and that gets you in the hall of fame. And I'm not saying Philip Rivers doesn't deserve to be in the hall of fame at all, but I think he's got, he's got a weight behind, you know, a lot of guys who were truly elite at their positions for quite some time.
0: I I have to agree with you, and I want to go back to one thing you said. Um, the two seasons where they did make the run, you can make the argument there too that that is like the shining moment, the shining eight games because they had to come out of the wild card both times. Both That's times. what's important about those runs. You know, if you, it's one thing like Kansas City Chiefs last year, who get a bye and you play three games. Okay, that's doable. It's an extra layer of difficulty to play that extra four quarters. I think that is significant, especially for the quarterback position. So you have to lay that out there at the end of the day. uh, I agree with you. I think he he probably has an argument to get in. I'll be interested to see who makes that argument in the voting room, to tell you the Mm -hmm. truth. Um, Mm -hmm. But he definitely has guys that he'll be waiting behind, in my opinion.
1: Right with you there, man. You know, I I agree. I agree with you there. It's going to be, um, it's it's gonna it's going to be an interesting conversation in five years when when this when this comes up, uh, but uh, but yeah. So we're gonna we're we're gonna keep an eye on this. Of course, um, we'll see. Who else was I mean? Of course, everyone's talking about right now. Peyton Manning about to get in. All this other stuff. Uh, but to me, it's always interesting to see to weigh who gets into the Hall of Fame. We have several guys are going to be in those conversations playing this weekend maybe a little bit of tom brady maybe a little bit of aaron Rodgers, patrick mahomes uh josh allen you know you know these are all guys that are playing at a high level four supreme quarterbacks that uh have either one mvp or in the mvp conversation right now we're going to talk about their matchups in the conference championship round right after this all right we're back here on the locked on nfl podcast with the thursday edition chris carter from locked on steelers ryan tracy from locked on chiefs and it's conference championship weekend. We've been picking all the games all year long on the Locked On NFL podcast. First game, we've got the old guard of quarterbacks: Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers dueling it out. The Buccaneers upset the Saints after being destroyed by the Saints twice this season. <laughs> um, crazy how that happens, um, but the Buccaneers—they showed some life on defense. Um, and it, you know they you know you saw Devin White making some big plays, uh, Antoine Winfield making some big plays, uh, and, and you still got that receiving core. And it looks like Antonio Brown's going to be uh, he, he should be fine with his with his uh, with his knee injury. They said his MRI didn't come back with a serious search, but you're still going up against Aaron Rodgers, who's been on fire this year, Ryan.
0: Yeah, he has. I mean, he's playing like a guy who just had another quarterback drafted behind him. Shocking. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is, I don't think it's a stretch to say, this is the best season of Aaron Rodgers career. I mean, this neck and neck thing down for the MVP thing, I think he probably has it in the bag now, but he needed to be pushed by the guy that is, it is (laughs) by the guy who's the next Aaron Rodgers we'll be talking about in the next game. I think it's very interesting that the two of them are coming down to championship weekend. One old guy on old guy, the other side, new guy on new guy. Like I think that's very, it is, it is. But when you look at last week, they both played similar games, um, both these teams bucks in the pack. Um, what, what was it? One was a 14 point game. One was a 10, right? Yeah. Roughly 30 points of output, like some similarities. You, you had Alan Lazard show up. Uh, you had Antonio Brown start to show up recently. Like there's some culmination. It's not just the one guy um clearly I think that the advantage is probably if you're just picking one guy Devontae Adams over Mike Evans would be my call that's just my opinion but I think it's starting to round out and like you said both the defenses started putting up some some things but as the whole both the teams go as their quarterbacks go and it comes down Very to true. the two old dogs right
1: I, I agree entirely and, and you know and it's funny because I like a lot of things about this Buccaneers defense. They have a lot of athletes. They have some players. I mean, they got another pit guy on their team, Jordan Whitehead, playing at safety next to <laughs> Anton Winfell. I'm never not going to get my H2P <laughs> shout outs in on this show. Um, you know, and Dominican Sue has been playing very well uh, down the home stretch of this season. Um, you know, they've got ballers, but they are also still very susceptible at times to strong passing attacks. And that passing attack didn't really come alive for the Packers the last time. And Devin White even said they didn't even deserve to be on the field with them after the after the last time. Um, now, granted, I'm always one to downplay trash talk. But for me, that's literally bulletin board material. And that's not that Devin White shouldn't have said it. I think some of the best – some of the best – rivalries and situations in the NFL and, and, and games, they come because of what someone says, you know, in Pittsburgh, everyone remembers when, when Joey Porter called the Colts soft before the Steelers beat them in the playoffs into in 2005, 2006, you know, Ray Lewis with all his antics with things that he's always said, you like talkers, even when you hate the talkers, you like that you hate them and it brings fun to it. Packers fans are probably sitting there thinking like, man, forget these dudes it's time to pay them back but it's kind of like if you know and people said like, that oh you shouldn't say that but to me it's like when Devin White said that that to me is like oh that's juice for this playoffs games as a reporter it gives me like more things like I can bring this up in this podcast mm-hmm. that I'm about to record with Ryan
0: <laughs> <laughs> well and it, it's not only bulletin board that is certainly is an aspect of it and I know there's some teams that pay more attention to the outside stuff and the, and the talk from the other team more than others but for me, I think back to that game and the look on Aaron Rodgers' face when the utter futility of trying to keep up was just not going to work out for him. That look of realization is something that I do remember, and I think that that fuels him. And like we said earlier, as these quarterbacks go, so do these teams. The emergence of Tanyan, I think, is is an interesting X factor because you have the secondary receivers in Tampa Bay, right? You know, there's, there's always been Rob who will get you a catch every now and then I know yeah. he's not what he used to be. Mm-hmm. But now with with Antonio trying to step out a little bit, and I think both of the backs are doing a pretty good job there as well. But it feels like Tanyan has come on since that last meeting and become more of an aspect. Yeah, Valdez Scantley, you have Lazard, th- that's all fine but I feel like they have the one, two, and now three punch. I really like A.J. Dillon in that backfield. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's all kind of progressing in one direction for the pack, whereas it feels like it's been very up and down for the Bucks. So at the end of the day, I think it, momentum carries you some ways, and I think that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback that gets it done in this game.
1: I agree with you. I just – you know, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is the guy that's going to – I've co- always compared Aaron Rodgers to Kobe Bryant. When he is on, he is an assassin. He is the Black Mamba. He rips your heart out. Um, and not that Tom Brady ain't an assassin himself because he didn't ripped a lot of hearts out over his time. <laughs> but to me, Tom Brady often a lot of his wins have come when his defense has made the crazy play at the end, you know, a pick six or, you know, Malcolm Butler, you know, making the interception, you know, in the, in the Seahawks game, you know, or underneath passing that he lets, you know, other players go and do and make crazy plays on Aaron Rodgers, When I think of their big wins, the Hail Mary passes the you know, all the things that he's done. I often think about all the crazy things that he's done. And and again, I'm not downplaying Tom Brady. That dude is one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever lived. Um, But in this point in their careers, I would absolutely trust Aaron Rodgers more than Tom Brady in that situation, even with the star-studded cast that Tom Brady has. I just feel like Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers is going to be loaded coming into this game. And again, they're going to Lambeau. Tom Brady talked about how he never wants to go to another Colts, you know, place again to play. He's loving Florida. Um, And now this whole Florida team has got to pack up, go to Green Bay. You're not playing in a dome like New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And you got to deal with the elements out there, not that Tom Brady's unfamiliar with the elements, but maybe his team might be a little bit more. And Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be at home, they're going to be in their in their momentum, they're playing very well. I just i I don't see. I think a big reason why the the Buccaneers beat the Saints last week, Ryan, and correct me if I'm wrong, was Drew Brees' turn you know turnovers and 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 and, and missed passes. I don't think you get those same opportunities with Aaron Rodgers.
0: I agree completely. Three turnovers in your favor goes a long long way and i have this i have this vision in my mind of the plane up to green bay with tom at the front of the plane with a laser pointer going this is a snowflake this is cold." <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> it changes things you know because you're right he's played in this weather a lot of guys have it and especially i think no offense to anybody but playing down there in florida makes you a bit comfortable when it comes to going up to the frozen North that does change the aspect of the game. A lot of these guys haven't been exposed to in the past.
1: I agree. I agree. So that being said, we're both picking the Packers in this game. Now, the other game, the game that you're going to be covering, it's the night game. It's bills at chiefs. Now everyone's talking about right now, Ryan, and I figure we should get this out the way. I know you're talking about this a nauseam, you know, on locked on chiefs, but please let the locked on NFL listeners know what's the status of Patrick Mahomes. Does it look like he's going to play this Sunday?
0: The rumors are true. Uh, On Wednesday, Patrick Mahomes was at practice, took all of the practice reps with the first team. He is still listed as limited due to the concussion protocol. First day back on the field, they're going to have to run a couple more cognitive tests, see what the bouncing around on a hard surface is going to do. All expectations from every beat writer and every source that I've heard from, expects him to play we'll see what happens thursday their biggest practice day of the week i expect him to take the reps if he does you can expect to see him line up for the afc championship game
1: all right so that answers that now let's talk about matchups because the bills offense was on fire against the colts they were josh allen was ripping balls down the sideline gabriel davis was making toe tapping catches they were they were doing all the things They did enough of the things against the Ravens while they shut down Lamar Jackson. You're not going to come out and just shut down Patrick Mahomes by taking away the run game, and, and he's going to hit more of the open throws that we saw that were open for the Ravens in this game. So the, to me, the Bills have to come with, come with a completely different approach to this game, and I think they will. You know, they're, they're no, you know Sean McDermott's no dummy. He's not going to come out and try you know, in the same way against one team that he does against the other. But still, in doing that, I still think that if Patrick Mahomes, as long as he is not, you know, as long as he's together and his head is in the right place, I I really see him ripping through this, this bill's defense. And maybe the bills respond properly and maybe they get, you know, Josh Allen gets on fire too. But I just, I have a harder time believing that Patrick Mahomes is going to do better against the bills defense than Allen against the chiefs. I, I
0: tend to agree with you and I'll put it this way too. Um, he will definitely hit the throws that are open. Patrick Mahomes will hit some throws that are closed as well, because huh. unless seen that. exactly I, the only question to me is there is also that's kind of flying under the radar. There is a toe injury as well to so the big toe on his left foot that was noticeable in the way that he moved after the injury in the last game. And uh, we haven't had much of an update on that part. Clearly, the concussion is the more pertinent. Injury at this point. But if his mo- limited mobility does come into effect, then it does reduce some of the RPOs, it does reduce that speed option they like to run. So there is a bit of a tweak there, but you're absolutely right. Unless they come up with something, you have to remember that in the first meeting, it was a weather game, but clearly Patrick Mahomes was the better quarterback that night when these two teams met in week six. And scarily enough, they were the much better running team that night as well. Yeah. We saw Daryl Williams play well in the run game last week. Clyde Edwards-Laird should be back this week as well. Uh, that does bode well for them being able to pick up their offense. Keep the expectation that you can score thirty, and then it becomes about can Josh Allen in that offense get to the thirty mark against this defense.
1: If they can do that, it's a football game. Because to me, the Bills' defense they can be opportunistic. They do have talent. I'm not so sure if they can run with what this, what the Chiefs' offense can do uh, when they're when they're at their best. And I, what I, what everyone would wants to see, and what I would love to see, are is both of these offenses at full power going down the field. These quarterbacks slinging it. These are, these both they both have talented receiving groups. Um, you know, you look at Stefan Diggs. Gabriel Davis has come along really well. Cole Beasley's been making plays um of course with the chiefs you got kelsey you got hill you got hardman you know watkins comes into there this is going to come down to i think who which of those which of these quarterbacks can make more of those spectacular plays more of those clutch moments where you know it's say the defense has worked you into a third and eight a third and ten you know or even a third and twelve and can you convert those moments can you win those moments enough and avoid the mistakes that that teams have, have capitalized on 17 points ain't gonna put the way the Chiefs now granted the Bills didn't have to score a whole lot of points against the Ravens so you know I put that put that aside but I'm just not so sure the, the way the Bills have played great this season and they deserve all the credit in the world I just can't say that they're, they've they've done enough to beat the Chiefs in, in my opinion but at the same time you got a quarterback coming off an injury and the Chiefs you know they did they, they not that they struggled down the stretch, but they were barely beating teams that you thought that they would, that they were going to blow out. There is a sense that if Patrick Mahomes takes time to warm up in this game, that could be the edge that Josh Allen needs to charge forward, take command of this game and put some pressure on Mahomes. But the thing is, is that Ryan and you and I have both seen this when it was the Texans that did that to the chiefs last year, how much did that really matter?
0: Yeah. I mean, for those out there in bills, mafia, 24, nothing. Don't get too comfortable. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to put it that way because I think it does come down to a couple of those things. If you get a mistake, And they capitalized on it. Good for them. Uh, Like you said, Gabriel Davis has been making some plays. John Brown as well. Uh, I think it comes down to the play in the secondary because Trey White was coming off of an injury last time he saw the Chiefs. I feel like he might have an elevated game as well. Uh, Tyron Matthew was third in the league in interceptions and just got one nearly a second last week. He's kind of feeling his oats as well. The big thing that's flying under the radar in Kansas City is that Bashad Breland is still out with a concussion as well. Was limited in practice on Wednesday. If they get him back, that sets up their defensive backfield to be in shape if they don't that means that the phenom rookie L.J. Seed has to move out to the outside and either have to bring in Rashad Fenton, who's been dealing with ankle injuries as well, or they have to try to get an Antonio Hamilton if they want to go in a way that allows them to play their dime and allows them to keep Tyron Matthew playing in that robber kind of middle role where he can freelance and get his hand on some passes. If not, he has to come down in the slot. That means Juan Thornhill's deep, Dan Sorensen is your middle kind of robber guy, and that does change things for what Josh Allen can do. I think that if that situation – does occur, you're going to see them be able to score a few more points. The question for me is last week I would have put this at 50-50 about who's the quarterback that's going to run something in or or hurt some team with their legs. Now with the toe injury and the concussion to Mahomes, I have to give that squarely to Josh Allen. Do they lose contain and let R- Allen run on them? That might be the determining factor.
1: Now here's the thing. Is that enough of a, of a factor to sway you to picking the Bills in this game? No. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't even think about it. He, he was I was like, he's gonna, I thought he was gonna him and haw and then go back and forth and well the Bills. Are, he said no. Like like <laughs> No,
0: you had me when uh, when Mahomes practiced. Uh, I do expect him to be available. I do expect him to play. I think this is gonna be a bit of a shootout. As much as I like what the defenses have been doing of late, I do feel that both offenses are in a better position, but I am gonna call it 31 28
1: Chiefs. 31 28 Chiefs. I'm going to say in the same vein. I mean, we're just saying numbers at this point. I'm gonna, but I'm going to say 34 to 30 chiefs. Mm-hmm. I I think it's going to be I think it's going to be dramatic. I think that I think the Bills are going to rush out to a late lead. I think you're going to see them uh I think you're you're going to you're going to see them come out and, and, and make some things happen in the mid to early fourth quarter. But then that's when Patrick Mahomes gets to work. And he's like, man, forget all this other stuff. I'm going out here and I'm making some plays with my boys. And I think it's enough for the Chiefs to win. But make no mistake, Bills Mafia, I'm not doubting your ability to win, You know your team's ability to win this game. I, I like what the Bills have done. I think that they've been an exciting group to watch. And it seems like they are feeling the right energy at this point in the season. Um, and you know, but it's just the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes that's a daunting mountain to climb. But hey, they climb it, the Bills going to the Super Bowl that'd be a hell of a story. Um, and maybe getting this town their first Super Bowl win after ever after losing four in a row, um, back in the day. But there you have it. Both Ryan and I are picking the Packers and the Chiefs to meet for a rematch of Super Bowl one. Um, in in this game we'll see if those picks are correct let us know who you picked uh ryan thanks so much as always for for hosting the show with me man it's always a lot of fun um i'm excited to keep doing this as we get ready for the super bowl but please let people know where they can find you and follow you and, and see more of your work
0: we're gonna talk all Mahomes all the time over on locked on cheese so check that one out <laughs> you can find me over on rgrfootball.com uh as well as rogue analytics if you're Team is out, and you're looking for draft information. We're going to have all the athleticism metrics as usual, no matter what happens with the combine. So look forward to that. And I will tell you, Chris, this has been a lot of fun. We've made it almost to the culmination of a season we weren't sure was going to even start. So congratulations.
1: <laughs> That's really the bottom line there, man. We, we weren't sure if we'd make it this far. But like you said, um, it's been a heck of a season. Uh, thanks for doing the show with me, buddy. Um, my name is Chris Carter. You can find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. And let me know, Bills fans, Chiefs fans, Packers fans, Bucks fans. Am I crazy? Am I right about something? Let me know. Always ground it down and chat with you guys. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode of the Locked On NFL podcast. We've got Bo and your boy Q all coming up with this show to wrap up the week and get you ready for the weekend, and you'll probably hear their picks Get ready for the weekend. But from Ryan and Chris, thanks so much for listening. We'll be talking at you next week.